Y el problema, 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 problema que yo te la haré. Mano a mano tú te lo logré. Toda la cola yo te mataré. El diablo te va a recoger. De tu cuerpo se va a deshacer. Que tú vas a volver a nacer. Pero no como Lucifer. En la calle yo soy el And we're back, baby. It's Monday night. It's Mano a Mano live with Kenny T. Kenny T, what's good, fam? Loving it, baby. Loving it. It's Monday, and we back for some action, brother. Let's jump into it. I know we ready. I know we ready. It's going to be a live show. Let's go. Oh, it's definitely going to be live tonight. It's going to be super live tonight. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Q1 business, okay? Quarter one, Q1. Uh, some news dropped. We got a little schedule that we need to go through. You know, I'm going to ask you to tell me what you think about what we know right now about the PBC, about Fox, and about the zone. Um, not to mention top rank as we start this calendar year, 2022. I, I, I got to stop saying 2021. Uh, you get a pass for like the first few days, but we're well beyond that now. It's 2022. It's a happy new year hopefully for everyone uh it's gonna be a big year this year for the entire network um champions here hcp i got all me hermanos causando panico across hcp kenny d style we got in the ring with christine up in the chat already i saw christine always great to see ms lopez okay uh, my brother Chicano is with us as well, all right? And uh, hopefully later on we'll see some of the other people that uh, we oftentimes collaborate with, including, of course, Billy Drew Irish and Dave from the 408 from the Shoe Shine, which goes live tomorrow. Um, you know, or is it? No, it goes live today, actually. What am I talking about? It goes live today after... Uh, well after us because power punchers actually already happened with D-Style and Calix. But let's get right into it, Kenny. All right. We got to get right into it. Actually, I, I'm i telling a lie. All right, not a lie, but inaccurate information. We're going to start off with a super chat. Came a little earlier than expected from my brother, Joe Habib, who's showing much respect to me. That's my astro. And Kenny T. He said he stopped by to support and to hit the like button. Working and listening. Salute. Right back to you. That's Tony right. Boswell. Right. To you, Mr. Boswell. Thank you, Tony. And yeah, everyone who's here, man, hit that like button right now. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Hit that notification button right now. Because when I go live, you don't want to miss it. You know, uh, I went live this Saturday. Uh, Kenny was up in the chat when I went live this Saturday. Uh, that video, that, you know, now if you want to watch it, you got to hit the membership button all right, because it's now a members-only video. Any last words on that one, Kenny, or are we going to leave that one in the past? Leave that one in the past, man. Suckers don't deserve attention. There you go. All right? There you go. So, Let's get right into it, uh, because we had the Luis Ortiz, Charles Martin pay-per-view uh, that kicked off the year. We've talked about that. One last thing I want to say about that, though, is that I'm going to drop some dimes right now in terms of maestro management. Maestro management is telling all of these fighters to get on television and to get from behind that paywall. 
Um, in the long term, you got to invest in yourselves. You got to let people see you. You got to let people know what you're about. You got to let people catch those KOs in those star-making performances, right? And then hopefully you'll be able to branch out, get some endorsement deals, you know. Maybe you'll become an influencer on social media, you know. Uh, who knows? But being behind the paywall for that short pay-per-view money, if it is even that great, I don't think it's worth it in the long run. So my message, CEO, my throw management, you know, is, uh, you know, get yourselves on television. That's what I think anyways. Big up to D-Style. El Capitan of HCP. He's steering this ship as we set sails on big things in 2022. Big things, Kenny. Big, big, big journey ahead, boy. Absolutely. So we had uh, that pay-per-view. And then since that time, I think the pretty big announcement, biggest announcement thus far, um, and biggest fight rumored to be taking place. It's not calling an announcement just yet, but rumored to be uh, to to be taking place is Canelo Charlo. Um, it's not official, so it's not on just yet, but it's rumored to be happening. Uh, it wasn't my first choice, but as an optional defense, I'm not complaining, Kenny. Uh, we talked about it just a little bit yesterday on your channel, Knocked Out by Kenny. Everybody in the chat needs to check that out, okay? Thank you, um, thank you. But, Kenny, what are your thoughts on, on this particular fight? You got Charlo, the WBC middleweight champion. You got Canelo, the undisputed champion at 168. Apparently, Canelo's not looking up. Canelo's looking down. Uh, what do you think about all of this? First thoughts. Um, it's a little shocking, uh, because I thought he was going to fight Makabu and I thought he was waiting on the winner of the fight that's going to happen with Makabu that's coming up and he was supposed to fight the winner of that fight. So it's a little shocking that he's thinking about going back down. I thought he'd go back up and try to unify at 175. Maybe he's trying to go to 160 and unify at 160. Uh, I think he, uh, I think that these days Canelo is only chasing legacy and, and trying to be undisputed. I don't think he's uh, necessarily chasing big money anymore. So I think it's a great fight. I don't. I hope that people don't complain about it. I think it's a great fight. People have been asking for it for a long time. I, I right off the bat, I'm gonna say I got Canelo winning. Uh, and yeah, man, I think it's a great fight. There's no reason to complain about the fight. People have been asking about it for a long time, and you know what? This is a, a test for uh, Charlo, not necessarily for Canelo, if you ask me, because I think Canelo should be able to pull this one out fairly easy, uh, unless Charlo's going to show us something that, that we didn't know he had. Salute to the Dawn. Uh, takes a Dawn to know a Dawn, you know. Uh, it's directly from Dawn Maestro, CEO of Maestro Management. Uh, Maestro Management wasn't too happy with this fight. I hope Maestro Management has a job for me, by the way. Bro, Maestro Management is going to be doing big things. Uh, maybe not in 2022, but in a, in a few years to come. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, look, I've got to be honest. I wasn't that excited when I heard the announcement of this supposed rumor, uh, or let's call it what it is. It's just a rumor right now. Uh, as Christine says, it's a test for Charlo. 
don't quite know if it's a test for Canelo, to be honest. Uh, Charlo's 160. He has not been proven to me, at, even at 160. I have not seen him take on a legit top-tier middleweight as yet, other than one guy, Devrinchenko. And it was a good win, but Devrinchenko's already been tested and beat at the middleweight division. It seems like every time Devrinchenko steps up, he falls short. No disrespect, but I also think that Devrinchenko's a little undersized for 160. He's like a tweener, I think, between 154 and 160. He's not the biggest middleweight. And like I said, uh, other than him, I don't really know who else has really shown Charlo to be a guy that uh, Canelo needs to have on his radar. I get it. Maestro, he has Canelo's old belt. Yes, he has his old belt. I got that. But it's his old belt. It's about that he dropped (laughs) and took a franchise title instead of and then moved up and did things at 168, at 175, then back to 168. He's cleaned out the 168-pound division. I hope that the fight that can still be made you can even use the word salvage as Joe Smith Jr. Joe Smith Jr. was going to be in tough against Callum Johnson in an optional defense. Uh, second fight in a row that's had to be altered in some way or another for Joe Smith due to COVID or visa issues or something else. Um, Callum Johnson was actually a replacement opponent um, for for his last opponent, who actually ended up getting beat pretty handily by um uh the, 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 the 168 pounder the russian um bivol okay so now we've got him replaced callum johnson that is with the guy that i don't think even the hardest of the hardcore fans in this chat have even really ever heard of you gotta be like in the weeds of florida boxing to know who this dude is that he's facing i'm not looking forward to it it's an easy fight i think there should be no problems doing a quick turnaround and getting Joe Smith right back in the ring and ready to take on Canelo at 175 for the WBO championship. And unlike this fight, that fight's not going to be in a small venue in upstate New York on a Native American reservation, which Kenny and I were actually considering traveling to. Not anymore. So I, I see no reason why... They can get Charlo ready any better for the Canelo fight than Joe Smith Jr.'s team can get Joe Smith Jr. or Joe Joe Smith Jr. ready for the Canelo fight. He's got an easy optional tune-up coming up. If anything, that's good preparation, right? Stay sharp, right? Get the rust off and then go back into a camp and then get ready for Canelo. That is a much better fight for Canelo. It paves the way for legacy-making moves at 175. Take on take on Joe Smith, take on Baturiev, and then hopefully at the end of the year, take on the winner of Bivol Zurdo Ramirez. That is what Maestro Management wants to see. Kenny, am I crazy or or would you rather see Charlo against Canelo? You're definitely not crazy. That is definitely a better route to go. By the way, I do want to add on that I did look up Joe Smith Jr.'s next opponent. And he's really bad. His record, who he's fought, he's fought really bad people and lost to some really bad people. So uh, fighters that is not bad people, as in they're bad people, but not so good fighters. You know what you but, 
but yes, my I, I agree with Maestro management. That is a much better route that gets him undisputed at 175 by the end of the year. That uh that'll be another legacy, legendary uh career move to get another di- undisputed uh, division in a, another year. That'll be insane. So, hey, that's definitely the better route if you ask me. The better route than Charlo. You know, I, I don't know. It seems like names are just being thrown out there and coming up because it was Makabu. Now it's Charlo. Who's going to be the next name that's going to come up? I, until I hear that something's been signed, I, I, I don't know if I uh, believe anything. It's a very valid question. Let's get to the super chat. We got one from Mr. Slide Tendencies himself. Big supporter of the show. Member of the channel. You got to become a member, man. If you want to check out my live from Saturday, you know, I had people hitting me up about it. My answer, you really went there. Yeah, I did really go there. I did really go there. Check it out. Hit that membership button. Uh, Slide Tendencies 87. He says, PBC stands accused Canelo of ducking Charlo. Now they're accusing him of cherry picking Charlo. Make up your mind, Canelo haters. I agree with Kenny K.O. That's what Slide Tendencies has to say. All right, let's move down the list. We got Nando, the big dog, okay, of Maestro A Boxing out there on the west side. He says, I'm just bummed that Charlo Canelo won't be included with my DAZN sub. Why not? Hey, hey, uh, you're absolutely right. But you know what? We may not have to get Charlo Canelo because, you know, Maestro Management, might have to make that little call tomorrow to Team Canelo and start proposing some other ideas. So my idea again, it's not too late. Let's get Joe Smith Jr. after his little tune-up this weekend. Okay, let's get him in the ring against Canelo. Let's get Canelo back on the path to legacy-making moves. All right, let's get him back in the ring for the WBO light heavyweight championship of the world. Then a fight with Batervia. All right, for Baturbiev's two belts. And then let's close out the year with an undisputed championship fight at 175 between Dimitri Bivol or, I know you're not too high on Zurdo beating uh, Bivol, Kenny, but or Zurdo for all the marbles at 175. That's what I would like to see. Now, people are going to say, ah, oh, but my husband, you're hating. Charlo deserves it. He's been calling out Canelo for years. Yeah, he has. Uh, as have a lot of other people. If it happens, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to try to go to the fight. You know, I've been meaning to check out Dallas. I was talking to Nancy from the Boxing Republic. She's based out of Texas. I'm trying to learn more and more about Texas day by day, week by week. I see myself possibly making moves to Texas. You know, I'm sorry, New York City, but uh, there's some issues here that I'm not too happy with. Um, in the long term, I'll talk to Kenny about that. You know, I'd love to come back here, you know, later on. But, you know, I'd, I, I see myself doing at least a 10 to 15 year stretch somewhere else for a little while. And Texas is up on that list. So it's not like I'm against Texas. It's not like I'm against Charlo. But, uh, you know, I would much rather see the New Yorker out of Suffolk County in Joe Smith the blue collar, hardworking, as they constantly remind us, Joe Smith taking on Canelo. That's just my personal preference. Now, 
Kenny, uh, those are two issues Maestro Management uh, wanted to discuss today. Uh, there's another one, and, uh, you know, this, this is a story that won't go away. It's a very controversial story, you know. How dare Tyson Fury, how dare Bob Arum, how dare uh, Frank Warren think that they could possibly offer Dillian White the little amount of money, um, 20%, five, uh, $5 million plus to face the Gypsy King Tyson Fury. Before I give my advice on what I think Dillian White should do in this case, uh, what are your thoughts on all of this, Kenny? I feel like I've beat a dead horse multiple times with my thoughts uh, because I I only see it one way. I've tried to really have a deep thought on this. Like I've sat down and thought about this and what should Dillian White do? And every time I come up with the same conclusion, and that is, Take your 20% and shut up. If you think you could go beat Tyson Fury, then go beat Tyson Fury. Take that 20%. So you're talking too much. You you were demanding the fight. You went to court to demand the fight, to try to make the fight happen. Now there's potential the fight happen. Now you're talking about the purse. 20% I think is uh, way more, by far more than he's ever earned in his career. I looked it up last time. He's worth $1 million. Uh, that's uh, for... Uh, his net worth is one million. That is uh, from several different websites that all had the same amount. So, if he's in his entire career earned one million dollars from all of his fights, what makes him think that he should earn more than twenty percent of of this fight? If you say with the with the uh, possible numbers that you stated last time, twenty percent being five million or so dollars, uh, yeah, it just sounds insane to me. I think that he just needs to take the fight stop talking so much and go in there and win if that's what he thinks he can do i don't think he can do that but go in there and win stop talking so much i think he knows that he's gonna lose the fight and he'd rather get the largest pay they, that he possibly can to go in there and lose a fight against tyson fury that that that's my thought but whatever you know my, my views on this entire situation have kind of gone up and down kind of like my investments in cryptocurrency recently um you know, it started big, and then now it's a little lower, you know. Hoping we can rebound real quick in 2022 because my crypto account's been kind of plummeting recently. But uh, I started out thinking, you know, 20%, that sounds really low. 20%, that's not a lot. And then I'm starting to think, but wait a second, let's look at this not just in percentages but in dollar figures. And if we look at it in dollar figures, you know, if they've offered him – million, right? And they said they were going up to 30%, you know, so between 5 and 6 million. That means that they're offering Fury about 20 million, which is essentially consistent with what Fury's been making in his last couple big fights against Wilder. So then I started to think, why is it that people are mad that Dillian won't make supposedly a lot more than he made in his fight against Pavetkin, which is weird because apparently he reported 300000 to the WBC, but a lot of his supporters are saying that he made about $5 million to fight Pavetkin, which, by the way, was a 50-50 fight. But um, what they're essentially saying is that Dillian White should get a pay increase while Tyson Fury should get a pay decrease. 
Because apparently Tyson Fury is supposed to make substantially less to fight White in a fight that every one of White's supporters is like, this is a huge fight in the UK. It's a pay-per-view fight. It's so much money. But he should be making less to make less against uh, White than he did against Wilder. I just don't really understand that. Um, especially if the inverse is not is not true, which, I mean, which is that Wilder is is supposed to be making more sorry wilder uh white is supposed to be making more uh to fight fury than he made to fight pavekin okay so look if you look at the math of what top rank has been rumored to offer it's about 20 million fury 5 million white that's a 25 million dollar fight that's an 80 20 split and to kendy's point Usyk believed in himself he took less than 20 percent he took roughly the same amount of money, but in percentages, it was less than, than White to take on Anthony Joshua in London on Joshua's home turf. He got the bag, uh, and he also got the belts. And I was going to make more money in the rematch. Andy Ruiz took far less than 20% to take on Anthony Joshua. He got the bag. He got the belts. He made more money in the rematch. And by the way, in the rematch, he got way less than 20% as well. He got about 16%. So I'm just not getting it. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, how could they lowball him like this? He's never been ever disrespected like that before. But then, wait a second. Uh, he got less than a 20% offer to fight Joshua, which he turned down. But he also turned down that shot at Joshua's three titles at the time. So, Kenny, I've come all the way around. I thought 20 was low. Now I think it's if that's what you can negotiate, that's what you're going to get. Do the best you can in the fight. Train hard. Try to get the belts. You don't even have to give the guy a rematch clause because it's a mandatory challenge, right? And then get the belts, get the bag, plant your flag and take the lion's share of the split if Fury wants to run it back. That's where I am right now. Is that bad advice from Maestro Management to Dillian White and Team White? No, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. We, we have the same thought. When I originally heard the 55-45 or something, or uh, I, I, I thought wrong as well. I thought they, that they said he was going to get 45%, so I was saying he deserves that, but no. It was up to 45%. Then w, the WBC said 20% is what he deserves. So that's what he deserves. Take it and shut up, bro. He's talking too much. He, yeah. and, he, and he's not talking uh, the funny stuff that he be talking when, when he be dissing other fighters and talking about that they can't fight because he's definitely entertaining to watch when he's talking that crap. The crap he's talking now is nonsense. Yeah, I mean, he's calling, you know, Andy, Andy Ruiz fat and small and calling while they're a crackhead and retarded. I mean, he's he's provided plenty of listening and, and watching material, okay, for fans of the sweet science. But look, it's like slight tendency, he says. It's like he apparently he reported he did he made $300,000 to the WBC. I mean, if I report that I made a $300,000 to the IRS, am I going to be getting a tax return of somebody that said they that they made five million or six million dollars i mean that's not how it works it's like you if that's the person he was submitting to the wbc then that's 
what his sanctioning fees were based on. Because the other thing I keep hearing is, oh, but Maestro, he's been paying these exorbitant sanctioning fees for all of these years uh, to the WBC, and he paid to get the interim championship. Well, apparently he paid about three thousand. He said he made about three hundred thousand dollars at the WBC. So their little sanctioning fee was based on three hundred thousand dollars, three percent of three hundred thousand dollars. It wasn't based on three percent of five million dollars. So guys that that are that keep wanting to stop this fight from happening because they keep saying that White should be getting more money need to keep it consistent. Was he getting violated with the with the sanctioning fees for the interim title? And that's why now he should be getting 45%, even though, by the way, the rule doesn't say 45%. It says up to 45 And um, the up to is probably if you're reporting a purse of 5 or $6 million. He didn't report that. He reported a, th- a purse of, of $300,000. So the up to now is a lot lower than it would have been had he re- been reporting a lot more. To me, this is like not that hard to comprehend, ladies and gentlemen. You report $300,000, you pay for an interim title, sanctioning fees based on the $300,000, and now that purse is being considered in terms of your current split. I just don't get it. But, you know, the problem is that when guys are fans of someone, they disregard the facts. Oh, the WBC rule doesn't say up to, it just says 45%. It doesn't say up to 45, it just says 45 well, he's the interim titleist, and he was paying all of these sanctioning fees. Well, apparently he was paying at the $300,000 fee, not the $5 million fee. So, you know, Maestro Management says that take the 20, okay? Take the 20, win the fight. There's no rematch clause, you know, and get your pound of flesh in the rematch or in the next fight against Usyk versus, jo- versus Joshua 2, the winner of that. You'll get your bread in the long run. And if you're such a pay-per-view star, then this is going to sell like like hotcakes, right? It's going to sell like hotcakes, right? You got the banana hotcakes, the strawberry hotcakes, the chocolate chip hotcakes. It's going to sell all the hotcakes, right? The pay-per-view out there in the UK. I forget if they eat hotcakes over there. I think it's more bangers and mash or some other stuff. Or, or porridge, right? It's going to sell like porridge, in the UK, all right, it's gonna sell like porridge. So then he's gonna get off, get his bread off the back end. What the hell is the problem? I don't get it. Maestro management says 80-20 split. Move the fuck on. I want this fight to happen. I want it to happen on the zone, by the way. So Eddie can come with the big bag, get White paid the big bag, get Fury paid the big bag, and so that we don't have to pay the big bag, Kenny. You're 100% right. Uh, I don't even think it should be a pay-per-view. Not, not because Fury can't sell, but who cares about Dillian White? Like, I'm sorry. Take the fight and, and, and go win it if you think you can. You cannot win it. I know. So you're trying to get as much money as you can. It is what it is. You're not going to get higher than what you're getting. Just take the fight, Dillian White. Stop talking crap. Keep it moving. You're not going to get a rematch once you get beat either. So 
it may be your last cash shot for all we know. But still, no, I'm talking a lot of trash. Just take the fight. Stop, stop talking so much. Take the fight. Take the fight. Please take the fight. It will get made eventually, though. I think that eventually he's going to get over his 20% because, shit, if I was WBC, I'd be threatened to lower the percent. If this, if, if, if you don't take this 20%, if, if by the 20th of January, 2022, you do not take this 20%, this 20% is going to become 15%. So this is like Shark Tank, which I watch on Fridays on ABC. I love myself. Some shark tank. Well, my ethanol, I thought you didn't like capitalism. Well, uh, sometimes capitalism is very entertaining, and I'm a big fan of Shark Tank. I love watching Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary. We had uh, Kevin Hart on the last episode on Friday. And one of the funny things about Shark Tank, yo, is when the sharks offer a deal, if you start to, like, ponder about the deal a little too much and, you know, go to another shark to try to get a better deal, sometimes that first shark that they gave you the great deal, decides to pull back that deal and change the terms because he's got you by the balls now that you don't have any other offers. And, you know, 20%, now we're going to adjust that in my favor a little bit more. So you might you might be right on onto that one. So I may need to call Suleiman, although I don't really like him. I may need to give, give him a call. He sounds like Dracula when he speaks. I may need to give him a call and let him know, yo, look, you want to make this fight happen? This is how you do it. <laughs> Nando's coming with the Shark Tank lines. You're dead to me. That's what that's what uh, Mr. Wonderful says when when one of his offers isn't taken. Usually a uh, a percentage deal uh, com- of equity combined with some kind of um, uh, of offer, you know, of a royalty or something else that expires after a certain amount of time. Anyways, so uh, yeah, slight tendencies. Capitalism is fun to watch. It's a ticket to the freak show and. In America, it's a front row seat. Absolutely, Sly. And Sly's got some membership privileges right now. Sly, if there's anything you want us to talk about, let us know in the chat. If there is a poll you'd like us to take, Sly, you let us know that as well. Sly is a big-time member of Maestro A Boxing. And uh, that just doesn't come with the membership-only videos. It comes with some some parks, like, you know, poll topics. And... uh Things that you would like us to talk about, not to mention the fact that you get straight to the top of the front of the queue if you want to call in. And the number actually is at the bottom of the screen. 718-618-4284. 718-618-4284. I do have to actually go get that line, Kenny. Um, so let's let's get to the next topic. Uh, real, um, real quick, though, real quick, before you move on. Yeah. Yeah. Before you move on. We we aren't the only ones that think that eighty twenty is fi- uh, fine. Otto Wallin's manager says the same thing. He says sounds about or not his manager, his promoter says sounds about right. Sounds about like what uh, White deserves. Well, it's funny you mention that because I have it on the screen right here, Kenny. And pull that uh, up. Was that a little bit of sour grapes on the part of Demetrius Salida? I don't know. Uh, I've met Demetrius Salida. He's a very nice guy in person. He's the ma- he's the uh, promoter of not just. Uh, Wellin, but also Clarissa Shields and a number of other fighters. Okay. And um, yeah, he says here, Fury's a star. 80-20 is a fair split for White. It sounds right. And that, of course, is uh, Dimitri Salida. Why uh, would he be sour, though? Why would he... Well, he? He's sour. He might be a little sour for it to be fair because he was supposed to get... Um, he was supposed to get that fight, Wellin, uh, with White and then White 
got injured and now says he won't give it to him. Remember? So remember, Waleen was supposed to get that shot of white. And a lot of people thought that Waleen had a very good shot of doing very well in it. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately, that didn't quite happen. So Nopal says very dangerous. Um, Very generous. Sorry, very generous. My fault. And, uh, you know, JC's up in the house with us right now, too. Um, Brian Clark, big time Brian Clark is asking us to talk about the rumors that Crawford might be fighting Taylor. Kenny, I'm going to let you handle that one real quick. Uh, I'll be right back. You you take that one. Um, I'll be right back. Sounds good because I do got a lot to say about that. Go get them phone lines ready. Um, so, yeah, Crawford Taylor. Uh, I would love to see Crawford Taylor. But I also heard that uh, Crawford may, may be moving up to 154. So what actually is the truth of what's going to happen? Uh, it's hard to tell. I would love to see Crawford against Taylor, though. You know, Crawford came up from 140 being undisputed. Taylor's at 140 undisputed currently, and he plans on moving up to 147. I think it'd be a great fight. If anything, uh, I don't know if Crawford has too much to gain from it like yes taylor is a great uh great fighter but he's coming up from 147 from 140 to 147 to try to get some belts and crawford is the guy with the belts i know he uh crawford has had trouble trying to get the spence fight but that's the only fight that makes sense uh for crawford playing management crawford I think it makes more sense for him to move up to 154 and chase the belts at 154 if he can't get the belts at 147. But I would like to see the Taylor fight. That's a that's a great great uh, fight right there. Both guys are extremely skilled. Uh, Taylor always comes back when he gets hit. Crawford always comes back when he gets hit, and they both possess power. I think it'd be a great matchup. I, I don't see a, a, a single problem with that matchup. I, and, and and I do think I do think that I would have uh, uh, Crawford winning at 147 specifically because Crawford has more experience at that weight class and has learned how to manage the hits at that weight class and also manages power at that weight class. So it's just it makes more sense. And, and I, Taylor is definitely very skilled. So I'm not necessarily discrediting him either. There you My go. is back. Yeah, I am back. And we also got a call right now. Uh, caller, you're on live. Hey, what's going on, my Rose? Good, good. How are hey, you doing? This is, uh, good, man. This is uh, Julius, man. I ain't called in a minute. Happy New Year to everybody, man. Happy New Year to you too, brother. How's it going? Hey, it's going good, man. It's going real good. But look, man, I wanted... I mean, I'm going to say a little something about the um, Dylan White thing with Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I don't want to see the fight. Really? I hate to be like that. I don't want to see the fight. Really, I would rather see someone that got a chance of winning. I would rather see Joe Joyce or, you know, somebody else in that mandatory position. I I just don't want to see Dylan White in the mandatory position. I don't think very highly of him, you know what I'm saying, skill-wise. I know he's awkward, but, I mean, he's going to get beat up. And if if he's haggling about money, it ain't my business if he want to ask for $50 million. But at the same time, I mean, I, I don't know what he's done to deserve the title fight in a mandatory position. 
Well, you know, you're not yes. the first person who said that to me. And a lot of people that I've spoken to that share the same sentiment as you, they point to the Pavekin fight. Um, they point to a fight where mm-hmm. White essentially took on a 41-year-old Pavekin. Um, in many yeah. people's view at that point was a journeyman at that time. Yeah, journeyman yep. cherry pick, you know, former former world world titleist, if you consider the regular title a world title. Right. And drug cheap. Yeah, you can say that, too. I mean, he had he had to pull out of the fight with Wilder because of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And he got absolutely sparked out, laid out. Um, Mm -hmm. We called it. He got bleached, you know, was a little worse than getting washed. He got bleached up, you know. Yeah, that was a, a heavy-duty load. That one, you know, whole bottle. He had he had a pillar on, um, on his head. Yeah, whole whole bottle whole bottle of of, of bleach was added to that <laughs> to that load. You know what I mean? It wasn't right. a, that wasn't a light right. wash. That was a that was a heavy <laughs> wash. You know, you got you got yeah. to get all the, all of the Holds stains out. out of those whites. You know, yep. Yep. so uh, the EMTs were out. The oxygen was out. You know, they were ready to stretch him out. It wasn't mm-hmm. a good look. And since that loss, he hasn't beat any he hasn't beat anybody else other than a Pavekin right. that that, right. that essentially was recovering from, from a he, bad bout of COVID. By the way, Dillian was questioning whether that not that was a real bout of COVID, even though the man was in some military hospital in Russia, actually right. in the ICU not faking to be in one. So Right. And and here's my thing on that. When you get knocked out and you're in a mandatory position, I don't care what weight class you're in, you're supposed to go, if not to the back of the line, you're supposed to go to the middle. Or or depending on who beats you, depends on how far you go back. So Dylan probably should have went back to the back of the line because Pavekin was definitely not uh, the Pavekin of 10 years ago. But I wanted to say one more thing too, Go man, before I, before I get off. The um, Canelo and um, Charlo fight. I want to see that mm-hmm. over just about any other fight in that weight class besides Benavidez. Because win, lose, or draw, I think this is going to be one of those fights where a guy legitimately tries to win or believes he can win against Canelo. I don't think that Plant thought he could win. The reason I say that, I've never heard a fighter in all the years I ever watched boxing or been in any gym say, I got to win seven rounds to win the fight. Like, when I was hearing that, yeah, I was like, is he serious? Well, I'm like, was, he's the, not trying to win. The other thing that to double down on that, Julius, was during the fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's talking to Canelo. He's like, hey, I'm doing yeah. pretty good, right? I'm, I'm doing yeah, pretty good. Right. I'm doing better than you thought <laughs> yeah, I would do. I've never I'm, seen that I'm before, better, man. I'm better than I. I'm doing better than I thought I would would have done to be to be. That, right. That's how I took it when I heard it. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. That was a. I mean, look, you can. You can get a, those, I mean, Teddy Atlas used to call it silent agreement. Mm-hmm. That's what he was really trying to do. Canelo, look, I'm doing all right. Please don't beat me too bad in here, man. Just look, just take it easy. Everything going cool. You winning, right? Yeah, everything's going cool, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I hate when fighters like that. And I ain't taking nothing away from Canelo. But it's been years since I thought somebody got a shot 
at winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to call what he did cherry-picking, but he's a skilled and good enough fighter, just like Mayweather was in his era, that he can fight champions because he knows he's more skilled and he knows that those guys pose no threat. I think Charlo, whether he posed a threat or not, is going to attempt to win the fight. That's, that's, that's what I, I got. Charlo, whether he posed a Yeah, that's a great call, Julius. Uh, please call again, brother. That was a great call. Hey, man, y'all take care, man. Thanks for sharing your opinions on this. You take Have a good one, brother. Again, Happy New Year. So that was, uh, that was Julius telling us about what he uh, thinks. Um, I'm going to make a quick comment on the Taylor versus Crawford fight. I understand that Taylor wants to challenge himself. I get that. Uh, Maestro management says, Josh Taylor, uh, do yourself a favor and stay away from Terrence Crawford right now. Um, You do not need to go up in weight right now. You don't even have 20 fights yet. I understand you beating Ramirez. Ramirez is not Crawford. I understand you beating Progray in a close fight. Progray's not Crawford. Um, I understand you won the World uh, Super Series. Uh, that's not Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford is a much bigger guy at this point in his career. Um, he's a full-fledged welterweight. You don't make your debut at welterweight against a Terrence Crawford, in my opinion. We've got another call, though, right now. Eric code 937. What's good? You're online with Kevin, Kenny hey. T. And Maestro. What's up? What's up, Maestro? Kenny, how y'all doing, man? Sly. Oh, Sly Tendency. What's good? Seven. What's, What's good? Up, man? What's good? You, <laughs> What's getting, up, man? you getting it in Ohio, like Cameron? <laughs> oh, man. It's uh, it's getting cold, the weather. The motto here is if you don't like the weather, wait a couple of days. It's raining, snowing, thunderstorm. <laughs> there you go. It's always something different here. Dinging the bell for Sly Tendencies, one of the members of Maestro A Boxing. So, Sly, what's on your mind, fam? Yeah, um, so I was watching the uh, I was watching the AJ interview, and he said something to me that, I mean, it's hard to know what's going to happen in the Usyk rematch, but he said something about, uh, they asked him, you know, why did you do that strategy? Like, why did you come out? boxing why didn't you try to rough this dude up and all this stuff and it said uh i i googled it just to be sure but it says anthony joshua has admitted that the big bodybuilder label given to him by tyson fury got into his head ahead of his heavyweight title fight with Usyk. the wofford born boxer lost all of his titles in the shock defeat in Usyk because he chose to box instead of instead of go toe-to-toe with him so i wanted to see what y'all thought about that you think that Maybe like if he's letting somebody else who's not who's not even fighting get into his head like that, do you think that might be like a sign that maybe maybe he's probably not gonna win this next one? Or I wanted to see what you and Kenny thought about that. Uh, well, here's what I think about that. I think that Tyson Fury is a master at the psychological component of fighting. Um, he's not the first person to do it. Mike Tyson was a master of the psychology of of fighting. <laughs> In terms of his intimidation tactics, you know, uh, Roberto Duran, a master of the psychological component of fighting and and that aspect of it. I mean, he got uh, 
you know, one of one of the guys um, of 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 uh, the past, one of the greats of all time in Sugar Ray Leonard, so upset with him that Sugar Ray Leonard totally abandoned what Sugar Ray Leonard was good at and does uh, because he his wife was insulted, you know, uh, mm-hmm. because Duran got into his head. Uh, those are just two examples of guys. There's many throughout the history of the sport that have mastered that kind of psychological uh, aspect of, of boxing. And Tyson Fury is up there. I mean, he, he got into Wilder's head so badly um, <laughs> that he had the guy bulking up and, you know, trying to become a guy that he's not and ended up being very yeah. top heavy, which only hurt him in terms of his fighting because he was stiffer. Uh, he lost the cardio uh, that he previously had, which wasn't even the greatest to begin with. I mean, look how fast he yeah. was gassing out in the third fight. You know what I mean? Uh, look how we got yeah, him for the, for the second fight. I mean, and Wilder mm-hmm. has been in clearly uh, by AJ's own admission now in AJ's head for a while now, you know, calling him a big yeah. dosa, saying that he's a bodybuilder <laughs> with no boxing skills, you know? Uh yeah. And apparently, AJ took that to heart and wanted to prove to the world that he's a master boxer. Hey, I didn't get this Olympic gold medal for nothing, you know. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a sweet scientist tactician here, and I'm going to prove it against Usyk. Well, that didn't really go too well for him, did it, Kenny? <laughs> it definitely didn't go well for him. Uh, can I? Can you repeat the question one more time? Because I got lost in your answer, Maestro. Oh, my fault. Go ahead. <laughs> No, no, you're fine. I was just, uh, I was watching that interview, though, and uh, a few a few English newspapers was admitting that they asked him, like, why did you, because they were just like, the sports columns were like, why did you have the game plan to box with him, with the guy who's faster? I mean, he has a, in my opinion, I mean, I know Joshua got a gold medal, but I know Usyk, you know, he's got a gold, I think he has two gold medals, and his amateur pedigree is just off the charts, but... He's been, he's, you know, plus he was undisputed at cruiserweight and all that. I think that the question, though, was that he admitted that, that he let Tyson Fury get to him. He kept calling him a stiff bodybuilder. So he wanted to prove that he was, uh, uh, you know, that he could box against Usyk. And my question was, do you think that that kind of shows that maybe he's probably just mentally weak and maybe he might not make it in the next fight against Usyk? Oh, I I've, I definitely agree that he's mentally weak. Uh, that mm-hmm. that I think is Anthony Joshua's weakness. He's not weak by body. He's not slow. He's not weak by power. Mm-hmm. The guy is huge. Kenny, I know there's, it hurts you to say that. There's Kenny, nothing. There's, <laughs> Kenny, but you got to keep it real. Hey, fan. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Hey, you got to keep it real. Kenny's favorite fighter about four years ago. Definitely, but you got yeah. you have to keep it real out here. You know what I'm saying? That can't can't be a fanboy out here. You have to keep it real. And keeping it real is saying the truth. I do think he's mentally weak, and that is his weakness in boxing. If he had a stronger mind, he'd go much further in boxing. He he listens to the critics too much. Something that Jake Paul has been doing a lot recently. Listen to the critics and trying to uh, yeah. uh shut the critics up instead of just keep doing what you're doing. You like when Anthony Joshua was uh, was as the milk car says version 1.0 anthony joshua was an a beast an animal that's the anthony joshua that i was a fan of the the anthony joshua that became after he started listening to to fury and after he got beat by um 
Mexican guy, Andy, Andy Ruiz. Andy bro, Ruiz, yeah. Yeah, bro, like, his his whole mentality changed. When his, like, and, and I think what also defeated a little bit of his mentality was when his father tried to hop in the ring to fight Eddie Hearn after Anthony Joshua got beat. I think that that also mentally affected him, along with all the critics, along with the losses, along with all yeah. the physical work that he does that he feels should give him the ability to win against anybody. But it's not only the physical ability, bro. You can have all the muscles in the world, and if you don't know how to use them or – you're afraid to use them or you're to told to use them a different way than what you've been using them and you actually listen, you're mentally weak. I was going to say real quick too, like I'm not trying to, I'm not saying like Anthony Joshua is a bad person or anything like that. Not at all. One thing I know, one thing I know though, is that like when you're the champ, you can't be letting people on the sidelines get inside your head like that. Like you just, you got to be mentally, like, like you got to be like, well, okay, he's saying that, but I got three belts. You know, I'll give, <laughs> like, you, I'll give you another, I'll yeah. give you another, I'll give you another example from history, slide tendencies. Think about yeah. Ali. Think about a Sonny Liston. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, he he had Sonny, Sonny Liston thinking that he was like ready for like the, the Looney Tunes asylum level crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Showing up to yeah, a training camp, screaming at him. You know what I mean? I'll tell, uh, you, a, I'll tell you a funny one real quick about that. Uh, Sonny Liston actually set Ali up because he went into a casino and he had a, a, a gun with blanks in it. <laughs> and when Ali confronted at him, he confronted him. He pulled the gun on him and shot it. And it was empty. And Ali ran off. Sonny <laughs> Liston was crazy. Oh yeah, he was. He was. He was mob tied. He was mob tied up too. You know, mob tied up. So, uh, anything else? Slight tendencies before we get to the no, next. No, no, man. No, we're good to go. I'll be in the chat, man. Thank you guys. Appreciate Thanks, that. That's no, none good, of the slight tendencies himself. Uh, Proud member of Maestro A Boxing. Y'all got to check out the membership. You know, Sly did it, you know. He's earning his belts like a acclaimed martial artist as we get through the months of membership, you know. Gearing up towards a black belt membership, you know. Salute to Sly Tendencies again. Kenny T, go for it. I, I want to add a little bit to the mind, to the state of mind of or having a strong mind and how that really does affect the fighter, right? Remember uh, Mike Tyson and how great he was up until he started getting taken advantage of by Don King and up until he got with Robin Gibbons, I think her name was. And that woman drove him crazy. She married him. She divorced him, took half of all of he, all that he had. Then Don King started raving. His mind went to shits. Mike Tyson didn't start losing and getting beat up by everybody because Mike Tyson had lost his skill. Mike Tyson started getting beat by everybody because Mike Tyson had lost his mind. He had lost his mentality of a fighter. He had lost his inner dog due to Don King and Robin Gibbons. And we need Anthony Joshua to get his mind back, to get his fighter's mentality back, to get the dog back in him if he is going to be uh, the Anthony Joshua that is going to win against Usyk or Fury or any of these other boxers. He needs to stop this, trying to impress people with the boxing stuff. I mean, he also needs to, let's be quite honest, get with a new trainer. Uh, it's time for uh, um, Rob McCracken to um, 
kind of devote himself to his amateur squad a little bit. I mean, he had success with Carl Frosch. He's had success with AJ, but I think that's reached its peak with AJ. And I think it's time AJ got with a new trainer. And I've been saying the name Mark Ramsey out of Quebec. You know, he needs a new new scenery. Uh, let's get out of the English language media markets. Let's isolate. Let's get with an offensive-minded coach that's going to be able to devote himself to you 100%. Um, I mean, the, the work with Baterviev speaks for itself, you know. Um, even his work with Oscar Rivas has been very good. Um, he's gotten pretty much as much as you can get out of Rivas. Uh, Rivas did very well against Dillian White. If you want to look at the real glove gate situation, look at that situation. And I hope to have Russ Amber on at some point to talk about that. But... Kenny, let's get into the schedule that's been announced, uh, the matchroom schedule. We went over it briefly, you know, on your channel yesterday, uh, or was it my channel? Sometimes I, lo- I lose track, but we, we talked about the upcoming matchroom schedule. Uh, what I will say so far about the top-ranked schedule is it's kind of dying off a little bit right now. Hopefully they'll rebound. top rank. uh apparently uh, has now had to postpone its show um, featuring um, Jose Ramirez. We already know about what's happening this weekend with the fight with Joe Smith Jr. and Callum Johnson falling off. Um, I don't quite know what big fights they have lined up yet. Maybe you guys in the chat can jog my memory, but those were the ones that I was looking forward to to start the year with top rank. Doesn't really look like those are going to be happening just yet. So. We can talk a little bit about uh, what's happening with Matchroom and the Matchroom boxing schedule with uh, with you, Kenny. Uh, anything that 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 pops to mind w- with Top Rank that I might be forgetting about? No, no, I haven't. I honestly haven't even really looked at the schedule like that. I've been super busy. Well, so that definitely gonna have to bring it up so we can take a look. I, I have it right here. I'm gonna share the matchroom awesome. schedule with everyone, and uh, we'll have a we'll have a talk about what people think uh, is is great. You know, uh, Kenny, you gave your your scores. We're gonna use the Kenny scale here, the fire scale, or you rather you rather go with stars. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to tell to, to remind everyone, D Style's going live right after us. All right, so make sure you stay tuned for that. And I'm sure D-Style is going to drop the link to his channel in the chat and to that live. D-Style, of course, being El Capitan of HCP. That's mi hermano causando panico right there. D-Style boxing. So, look, February the 5th, uh, we've got Vargas Smith. Can uh, you give your score on that out of five, please? Vargas versus Smith. I had given it a two yesterday, and I think that I'm going to stick to that um, because I think that Smith should win this fight easily against Jesse Vargas, and I'm not sure why Jesse Vargas is still fighting. Okay, I mean, Smith looked really good in his last performance. I anticipate also that he'll look very good here. Following that, we've got Daniel Jacobs, okay, right there, taking on John Ryder, live on the zone. Let's give that... What are we? I forgot. Are we using fire flames or using stars? I like stars. All right. So that was a two star. What? How many stars are you giving Jacobs versus versus Ryder? 
I'm giving that uh, two stars as well. Sticking, I originally gave it three stars yesterday. Then I went to two stars. You know, what? I gave it two point five stars. Oh. I don't know why. I don't know why he's fighting John Ryder. Okay. Uh, well, John Ryder's a competent opponent. I mean, he gave he gave Callum Smith good work. So I'm not I'm not gonna sleep on John Ryder in that. I think it's actually a decent fight. I'll, I'll give it a three out of five stars personally. Three out of five. Pl- playing management. Yeah. What does John Ryder do for Daniel Jacobs' career? Um, I mean, he gives him a payday, pretty much. I mean, that's not nothing for his career. That's financially. He's having to go out to England for this fight. Kenny speaks volumes about who he is at this point in the United States. I mean, this fight would not do well in the United States. Um, he's probably not going to get a big fight against anybody in the United States. So he's got to go out. Maestro A management is recommending that he go out to to England and try to get that payday. Now, uh, this may be a cherry pick gone wrong because John Ryder is actually a pretty good fighter. You know, that's 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 my personal opinion. But I give it a three out of five. Let's go to potentially a four. Uh, not because it's like a such a significant fight, but because I actually think it's a close close fight and even matchup i see team batman boxing saying 50 50 in the uh chat also batman boxing i saw your chat message earlier feel free to email me um and i'll, I'll help you out with what you were talking about all right so we've got okoli against c slack okoli against c slack kenny off the top give me that that star score um don't really know c slack uh entertaining we gonna give it a three because i don't know c slack and i gotta you know do my research and see what he's about i don't i don't really like grading without uh knowing the dude as well so you know what let me go look it up right now the transnational boxing ranking board ranks him as the uh eighth best active cruiserweight in the world he's a polish fighter polish guys usually do bring it he's undefeated He's got 21 wins, 50 knockouts. Um, he's uh, actually he's not undefeated. He lost one fight um, to Makabu, actually, by unanimous decision. It was in the Congo. I actually remember that fight. So he's got 15 wins. Uh, sorry, 21 wins, 50 knockouts, one loss. Um, and he he's he's ranked up there. The Ring Magazine has him as number 10. So he's not a bad opponent, but he's definitely not the unification fight that a lot of people were hoping to see a in. i'm gonna give this 3.5 i'll give it a 3.5 i think that's fair uh 3.5 estrada gonzalez i think we're both gonna be pretty consistent with this one um i'm actually gonna try to fly out to san diego for this it is a five on the Richter scale for me, um, all the way number five. Yeah, all the way five. All the I, way five. I don't even need to explain why. I mean, this is a grudge match. Both two fights, the first two fights were both really good. I anticipate this will be also really good. Not too happy over the fact that I saw Rungvisai is not getting a shot and that they've elevated. You know, someone took issue with me saying elevated. I shouldn't say elevated. They've given Estrada the franchise title. And um, Sor Rungvisai is going to be fighting Carlos Quadras for the WBC championship. But we all know the way the WBC views the franchise and its uh, regular uh, world title. 
Then we've got Lee Wood against Mike Conlin. That's happening in uh, in uh, in uh, Nottingham in England. I've actually went to that arena before, funny enough. Back when I lived in England, I saw Jean Pascal take on Carl Frosch at that arena. Uh, it was a great fight, actually. One of the it was a, actually a really good good fight. So, you know, they're they're taking uh, each other on for the WBA featherweight title. Um, you know, uh, we'll see how we'll see how that fight goes. I I haven't been that impressed by Conlon. I'm seeing him fight a few times here in New York City at the Garden on top rank shows. Never was really that impressed by him. I always felt that Shakur Stevenson was the much uh, brighter blue chip prospect in the front in the top rank table. A stable, sorry, I think that's proven itself to be true. Um, but it's a 3.5, I would say. Um, Good. Probably a 5. I, 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 I can be corrected. Uh, Ortiz versus McKinson. Uh, to be confirmed, we don't know where that's going to be. I'm giving that a 4 because I'm very, very interested in, uh, in uh, not Luis Ortiz, in Virgil Ortiz. Uh, blue chip. Prospect turned contender, I would even say now. Uh, McKinson is likely going to lose. He is the underdog in this fight, but he is a tough customer. He is going to bring it, and I anticipate that this fight's going to be a war. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to this fight. I'm going to give this fight a solid four out of five. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a good fight. Michael McKinson's definitely going to bring it. And uh, I think that's supposed to take p- place March 19th, but it says to be confirmed in terms of the location. And then we've got Kiko Martinez. Uh, some people might consider him to be the best uh, Spanish fighter in the world uh, right now. Um, others might still believe that that's Teofimo Lopez, but uh, I digress. I think it's definitely Kiko Martinez. Uh he had a huge upset win. It was my knockout of the year in 2021. Uh, not just because of how spectacular it was, because of, but because it was for a world title and was by an underdog and because it just was that significant. This is going to be a good fight. Kiko is going to be going into this fight with supreme confidence after that big win. Uh, Warrington is fragile goods at this moment. It, it's handled with care when it comes to to Warrington. Uh, funny enough, he swerved Lada. Can't blame him because he's getting a title shot. You know, I got Martinez in this one, Kenny, and I got it as a five on five because both of these guys are gonna are gonna bring it. Uh, Warrington may actually try to get on his bicycle for a while, but we saw what happens to dudes that try to do that with Kiko. Um, how I'm long could they run? I'm looking forward to this fight, Kenny. I didn't you didn't give scores on the last three, so go for it. Um, I'm gonna agree with you on Wood versus Conlon. That's definitely a 3.5. Uh Ortiz versus Nickinson. Uh M- McKinson, excuse me, McKinson. McKinson's undefeated, so is Ortiz. Um McKinson has seems to be a good fighter from the last couple of fights that uh, people that I saw that he fought in his last couple of fights. I'm going to uh, say that that is probably a solid four. Like you said, I have to agree with you. I can't disagree with you on that. And Kiko versus uh, Warrington. That's a that's a, a, a third fight, bro. And after what we just saw Kiko do 
after we saw Kiko make a guy move up in weight and not take a rematch against him after that. Ooh, I'm excited for this one. Uh, bro, I'm also going to give that a five star. You couldn't have done rated those any better. There's two great fights to look forward to so far. Kiko definitely Kiko versus Warrington Warrington definitely being one of them and uh Estrada versus Chocolatito being the other one. We have two great fights to look forward to so far. And right so now, far. I got to be honest, I got to ding the bell for Matru. All right? I also got to ding the bell for Oscar's promotional company Golden Boy cuz one of those was a golden fight, Golden Boy fight. But overall, I'm mostly dinging the bell for Dazone. Uh, that's a good quarter one. That's a decent quarter one. That's more than a decent quarter one. I'm giving that quarter one an A minus. I'm giving that the Maestro A minus scorecard. I'm scoring it an A minus. Uh, I think that that's that's solid work. Solid work. Um, and as 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 Nando says, you're getting all those fights for twenty five bucks. Thanks, the zone, or ninety nine dollars a year. I pay ninety nine dollars a year, so I give I, it a B plus. B plus. Nah, 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 nah. nah. For the price, bro. The, Come on. For the price, you can't. For the price we're paying, I mean, off the off the ropes boxing and MMA. You also got to check out the Bite Down podcast. He knows what time it is. It's the zone at it again. The zone is at it again, like. I'm sorry. Right now, the main thing I'm looking forward to on the PBC's calendar is the uh, rematch between Charlo and Castaño. That's a great fight for sure. But overall strength of schedule, right now, the zone is leading the pack because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you that the PBC website right now. I've got it uh, pulled up over here. All right. And uh, what signings mean to sign up for PBC News? I'll probably do that later. We've got Gary Russell Jr. against Mark Magsayo. Okay. We've got Thurman versus Barrios. Okay. And uh, after that, they're not even showing us what else they have on the schedule. Maybe they will if I go to the schedule section. If if Barrios beats Thurman, Thurman needs to retire. That's it. That's it. We've got Russell against Magsayo. All right. Uh, that's on Showtime. And then we've got, which, by the way, is behind the paywall, too. And then we've got Thurman versus Barrios on pay-per-view. Uh, and on the undercard of that, we've got Santa Cruz, Carvajal, Ramos, Lopez, and Neri Castro. Oof. Uh, and then, obviously, you've got the Castaño-Charlo fight. I don't know why that's not on here, but Matchroom versus the zone. Who's winning so far, Kenny? Oh. You, you, sorry, sorry, you mean, PBC, yeah. PBC. I was about to say, well, I think Matchroom and the Zone is winning. Nah, nah. Um, definitely, uh, uh Matchroom, bro. The Zone is 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 where it's at. Uh, PBC, they're doing it. Uh, it looks like they're doing a play as you go type of situation, or set it up as you go. They got they got us on the layaway plan. I'm I'm not too sure what's going on here. And when you look at top rank, uh, boxing, like I said. They had a, a couple fights lined up for us to start the year. Um, you know, the zone is winning in that regard as well because I'm just not as excited about 
Joe Smith Jr. against Steve Geffard. I'm just not that excited. You know, I, I got credential to go to the fight. Thank you very much. I, I wanted to go. Uh, you know, I feel bad that I'm not going, but I cannot justify the expense of a weekend in upstate New York for this fight. After that, we've got Robson Consecao against Javier or Xavier Martinez. Okay. Uh, we've got Taylor Catterall. That's a good fight. Um, and then we've got Ramirez Pedraza, which apparently has been postponed, and that's their calendar. So COVID bites again. Let's let's give let's give this fight. It's the Kenny score. W- what are we doing here, Kenny? Out of out of five. Uh, what is this? Uh, Joe Smith Jr. Oh no, Jr. Bro. against Geffard. We gonna give that like a a one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what about Consecao against Martinez? Are you gonna give that a three? Okay, and then Taylor Catterall. Four. Solid four. I agree with uh, all yeah, the solid so four. And then I can't really do this one because it's been it's been it's been postponed. So we can't just give that one yet. But, but it's been postponed by like a month, they said, or, or they're well, thinking about postponing it one month. Saying it's March fourth. All right, so we're still gonna include it. Uh, for me, this is this is a solid four. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna say that's a solid four as well. Solid four. So PBC versus top rank for second place. Who's got it? Uh, top the top rank or 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 uh the zone? No. Oh, no, no, top top rank for second place for sure. I, I, why are we even mentioning PBC? Okay. Let's, let's 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 not talk about them. Let's not talk about them, please. <laughs> okay, I, I tripped you up with that one. So, uh, D Style's gonna like the la- the next and last topic. Uh, I know D Style's gonna love this one because Maestro Management has taken D Style Boxing's advice under advisement, and what Maestro Management has decided to do is select Jake Paul's fifth opponent. Now, D-Style asked for it. We've had other people ask for it. So we're going to go through a short list of the level of opponents that I feel are appropriate for Jake Paul's next particular fight. Okay, so... Again, we want him there against real boxers, right, Kenny? They got to be real boxers. So that's criteria number one, right? Um, and we want them We want them to be guys that are appropriate for his uh, current level of opposition. So real fighters appropriate for his current level of opposition. And... Uh, can already see D style in the fight in the in the chat there warming up. All right, D style's warming up. D style's made his arguments. All right, now it's time for Maestro management to to put that under advisement, and uh, we're gonna select uh, some opponents, some level of opponents for his next fight. Okay, so it's gonna be kind of interesting here, Kenny. I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, I think people are going to enjoy this. I think I think they're going to really kind of enjoy seeing the list that I've uh, I've I've put together here. I put I put my matchmakers together. You know, top rank's got nothing on on my matchmakers, and uh, 
you know, we've we've selected a list here that we think, or at least I think, is appropriate. I'm going to get Kenny involved in it too. Kenny, you heard him today. He he wants to be involved in maestro management. So, you know, I'm bringing him on as an advisor here, and we're going to select Jake Paul's next opponent. All right, his fifth opponent. It's time for Jake Paul, and no, it's not Dana White. I can already hear people saying. That oh, he's old, he's bald, you know, he's not appropriate. So he's uh, taking testosterone boosters, he doesn't even make his own anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, it won't be Dana White. Okay, so we'll just get that one out of the way. It's not Dana White. The first guy that I think needs to be considered, Kenny, is uh is this guy Scott Williams, uh, who at the time was Tommy Fury's fifth opponent. All right. Got to get you guys a little excited for Mr. Scott Williams. Here we go. Fighting tonight out of the red corner. He's wearing blue and black with gold and weighed in at 12 stone, 11 pounds. Hailing from Manchester, he has nine professional bouts to his credit. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Scott Williams. Well, at the time, Scott Williams was Tommy Fury's fifth opponent and uh, was 0-9, okay? Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know if Fury's next opponent, uh, sorry, if if Jake Paul's next opponent, uh, if he'd get away with fight, fighting a guy that's 0-9, but I don't know. You guys let me know what you think. I'll tell you right now, Scott Williams has gone on to now be a fighter that's, Owen 21. So Scott Williams has improved a lot in the loss column since facing Tommy Fury in Tommy Fury's fifth fight. He's now zero and 21. Um, so uh, I don't know, guys. Scott Williams, is that is that an appropriate level guy? Kenny? I think that shit. It'd be a great... Uh, it, 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 he's a boxer. People can't tell Jake Paul nothing. If he boxes this guy because he's a boxer, right? He has a boxing license. He trained for boxing. He sucks, but he trained for boxing, right? I mean, to me, he looks like he's a real boxer. So, I mean, like I said, he's improved. He's gone from 0-9 to 0-20-something I don't know, 20 -something since, since he fought. But, but we'll move on. If Scott Williams isn't appropriate, we can, <laughs> we can move on. What about Connor Ben's fifth opponent? A guy named Steve Backhouse. Uh, he had the outstanding record of one, four, and one. Um, thoughts, Kenny? Would would Jake Paul get away with fighting a guy that's one, four, and one in his next fight? Is that a real fighter? Is he up? Is he is he up to the task? Well, according to the criteria. He has a boxing license. He has professional boxing matches under him. Although he has a losing record. It's his sixth fight. Sounds to me like he's the perfect opponent. And like it could be, even though it's a smaller weight class, still sounds to me like it's the perfect opponent. <laughs> we're, talking about, we're talking about level of opponents right now. People <laughs> Don't pick on Conor Ben. Well, Conor Ben's seventh opponent, 
had the outstanding record of one one and oh was that was that a, a real boxer do 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 i need to review the criteria one more time or, 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 or do we expand the criteria i mean according to d style this dude's better than tyron woodley i don't know that i mean i guess he's got a win right he's one one and oh uh, the win is against the guy with a losing record, but we will move on. Uh, what about Edgar Berlanga's fifth opponent, Sadiq Muhammad? He's undefeated, right? Fifth opponent, Sadiq Muhammad. Great opponent, real boxer. But the funny thing is when you look at his record, funny enough, you see that his wins were all against guys with losing records. Uh, except for his pro debut against the guy named that was 1-0, but... Uh, I don't know. I don't think Jake Paul is going to be able to sell that fight as a pay-per-view, Kenny. What do you think? Uh, Jake Paul definitely cannot sell a fight with any of those 0 and 45 uh, record type fighters. See, Teron Woodley, he has a name from MMA. You know, it's not Joe Schmo, the boxer with 45 losses all by knockout. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So that would not sell on pay-per-view. People say, well, it'll get him the credit as a real boxer. Will it? Will people give him the credit as a real boxer? I don't see people giving him the credit of a real boxer until he's like, if he even gets there, 15 fights in and, you know, actually uh, uh, follows the actual path of what real boxers do, which is Eddie. fight opponents with losing records until he's like 15 fights in. And then people are going to think, Eddie, it's, okay, it's, okay, it's okay because I found the guy. I found the guy for Jake Paul. You got him? Um, he's a real boxer. I got him. He's good. Okay. Uh, this was Julio Cesar Chavez Jr.'s fifth opponent. His name was Guadalupe Arce. That guy sounds like a real fighter, right? Uh, 0-14. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr.'s fifth opponent. Um, Guadalupe Arce. Okay. Uh, we can move forward because after that, we've got... His sixth opponent, he had the outstanding record of 1-4-0. Arturo Ocampo, uh, again, great fighter, okay? Uh, Moving on, Maestro Management did a little bit of research here, all right? His seventh opponent, 0-1, wow, okay. Eighth opponent, his eighth opponent made his pro debut, so that probably wouldn't classify as a a real fighter in... in, uh, in my brother D Styles books. That's okay though. Let's move on to David Benavides's fifth opponent. Does this qualify as a real boxer? Because he had the same record as Tyron Woodley. He was 0-1 and 0, Kenny. Revueltas. Uh Jake Paul versus Eric Revueltas. Let's put that one on pay per view. Um got a feeling that's gonna sell a lot. What about David Benavidez's sixth opponent? Oh, wait a second. That guy was making his pro debut. We got to scratch him off because he's not a real fighter. Okay. David Benavidez's sixth opponent. We're looking for Jake Paul's fifth opponent, by the way. But David Benavidez's sixth opponent was making his pro debut. Okay. But we can go to the seventh opponent because that guy was 1-0-0. One, sorry, Luis won Hernandez, okay? Let's ding the bell for Hernandez real quick because that... Winning record. You got to give him credit. He's got a winning record at least, right? Luis won Hernandez. Um, It's moving forward. 
Let's go to his eighth opponent. Uh-oh. We got Azamat Umar Soda, the outstanding record of 1-6-2. I think we got to move on from Benavides, but Kenny, I see you itching to say something. Hey, he got two draws. They're not all losses, bro. It's, 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 it, you know what I'm saying? It's a, one, one, one win and two draws. I got to ding the bell real quick. <laughs> For the two draws. You're absolutely right. Moving on. <laughs> Do two uh, draws equal a win? To, let's go to Virgil Ortiz. Ooh, sixth opponent. We're looking for Jake Paul's fifth opponent. How well would Ricardo Alan Fernandez do on pay-per-view against Jake Paul? Or, or anybody else with a 3-5-4 and four record? I don't see it being, I mean, he got experience. The guy got, what is it, five, that's 10, 12, 12 fights. Is this going to, is this a, is this a more competitive fight than Tyron Woodley? He's, he's a boxer. He got a boxing license. <laughs> he's been training for boxing his whole life. Who knows? He's got a boxing license, ladies and gentlemen. This is a real fighter right here. He's three, five, and four. Ricardo Alan Fernandez. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, I think it actually gets better for Virgil Ortiz, to be fair, um, because his next opponent, uh, actually, is it? Is it? Oh, I think I think I got to get over to Boots Innes. Boots Innes's 15th opponent. Let's go all the way up to number 15 for, for, uh, for Boots, because Boots Innes, I mean, it was his 15th fight. We're looking for Jake Paul's fifth opponent, by the way. Boots in his 15th fight. I mean, he's fighting a guy. Let's give him credit here, right? Because the guy has 22 fights. Lionel Jimenez. I mean, let's put that on pay-per-view against Jake Paul. Let's 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 send this one out on social media. I think we found the guy. Okay. This is a real boxer. Um, he's gonna give 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 Jake Paul a much bigger test than Tyron Woodley, right? Boots Innes is 15th pro fight. Lionel Jimenez, ding the fucking bell. I think we found the guy. Is this the guy, Kenny? Seems like the one to me. He has three wins. Three wins. That's more than all the guys I've seen you bring up. Three wins, 18 losses, one draw. That is 19, 20, 21. That's 22 fights. That's a lot of experience. That's a lot of experience right there. <laughs> D-Sal says I'm doing damage control. D-Sal's been doing damage control in the chat. I mean, D-Style's doing the damage control here. Drew, ding the bell for Drew. Drew says, I've been arguing since after the Woodley KO. People love to do mental gymnastics to avoid facts. I mean, we found the guy. We're looking for Jake Paul's fifth opponent, right? Uh, we found Boots Innes' 15th opponent, and he was 3-18-1. You know, we, we've done an exhaustive list of the real boxers out there that Jake Paul needs to be facing in his first five to six to seven fights. Uh, this is the level Maestro Management has discovered it. Uh, Kenny, any last words? No, man. Jake Paul just needs to stop getting the hate that he's getting. He's not going to fight the guys you want him to fight. He's on pay-per-view off of the merits of what he's done on YouTube to grow up. Just stop hating on the man. It is what it is. 
if we could be boxing on pay-per-view because we have uh, such a amount of millions of subscribers on YouTube and people know us, we'd be doing the same fighting on YouTube for whatever. So it is what it is. The guy's not going to, he may fight a boxer in his next fight, but it's not going to be the boxer you guys are looking for him to fight. And I hope he doesn't fight Julio Cesar Chavez. That's playing management because he's going to get beat by Julio Cesar Chavez and he shouldn't be getting in the ring with anybody of any serious skill just yet. That not, is all. Not even, not, even, not, even, not even this guy, Kenny? Fighting tonight out of the red corner. He's wearing blue and black with gold <laughs> and weighed in at 12 stone, 11 pounds. Hailing from Manchester, he has nine professional bouts to his credit. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Scott Williams. <laughs> And his opponent across the ring fighting tonight out of the blue corner. He's wearing black with gold and weighed in at 12 stone, 12 pounds. Coming to us from Manchester, he brings an undefeated record with four wins. Three of his four wins come by way of knockout. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the very popular Tommy TNT Fury. <laughs> oh, it, it, it should be Tommy oh, Tommy Fi Firecracker Fury. We've done it TNT. again. We've done it again. It's Maestro Management. It's Kenny T. This was Mano a Mano Live. You know, I need D Style to do me We've a favor right now. I need D Style to drop the link to his live in the chat. I need everybody to go right over there, all right? This was Mano a Mano Live with Kenny T, all right? Doesn't get better than HCP Prime Time, okay? It doesn't get any better than this. You got to check out my brother, D-Style Boxing, El Capitan. Link is in the chat. Make sure you head over there right now. Uh, Kenny, any last words over here as we as we wrap things up here on Mano a Mano Live? You all have a great night. Go check out D-Style. Subscribe to Knocked Out by Kenny and support all of HCP. Thank you all for watching. 100%. I want to thank everyone that uh, showed up here. Great to see everyone. That is it for us. Uh, we're out of here. Mano a Mano Live. You go check out my brother D-Style. He's doing his thing. All right, we stand united here in HCP land. All right, go check out my brother D-Style. This was Kenny T. This was Maestro A Boxing. That is going to be it for us for tonight. All right, check out D-Style Boxing right now. He's live. Go over there. All right, and enjoy the rest of a amazing night of boxing. You guys take care. Thank mm -hmm. you.